Ready? And this is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. Oh, now it makes sense. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 4th of March. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Students who complete placements as part of their degree shouldn't suffer financially. That's according to a new recommendation from an independent review of universities that was released last week. University reforms could see taxpayers subsidise students on work placement. I've spoken to teaching students and nursing students who've told me that they've done the theory but they can't afford to do the prac so they drop out. They end up sleeping in a car because they can't afford to pay the rent. It comes after the federal government asked the university's accords panel for some advice on ways to improve the sector. In its final report, the panel called for an end to what's called placement poverty. We're going to get into what that could mean for university students in today's deep dive. But first, Sam, it's making headlines. The Labor Party has retained the seat of Dunkley, with the Australian Electoral Commission estimating Labor's Jody Bellier has secured enough votes to win the seat. A by-election was called in the southeast Melbourne seat after the death of Government MP Peter Murphy last year. Bellier ran against Liberal candidate Nathan Conroy, who is the mayor of Frankston. Labor's primary vote was up 0.8% compared to the last time the seat was contested in 2022, but there was an estimated 4% swing away from the government in the two-party preferred vote. New in-match pauses will allow A-League players who are observing Ramadan to break their fast during evening matches. During the months-long religious observation, Muslim people worldwide will fast during daylight hours. Australia's Professional Soccer Association has announced that players who are fasting will be able to request breaks of up to 90 seconds during games this Ramadan to eat, drink and pray. The association said that athletes have been working with nutritionists to ensure they are supported through training and games. Ramadan begins later this month. The US airdropped food into Gaza over the weekend with three military planes parachuting in about 38,000 meals for civilians. The mission was done in coordination with Jordan. Over the weekend, US President Joe Biden posted on X. He said, The amount of aid flowing into Gaza is not nearly enough and we will continue to pull out every stop we can to get more aid in. And the good news. New analysis suggests that over 700,000 low-income households in the US could receive free access to solar power under a government-funded clean energy program worth $7 billion US dollars. The program was first announced last year and followed research showing the median income of solar-powered households in the US was 70% higher than the overall national median household income. So, Sam, a new recommendation has been made to the federal government and basically says that students who complete placements as part of their degree shouldn't suffer financially. Instead, they should receive some sort of assistance to avoid falling into what's called placement poverty. This is so interesting. This I think it is too. And I also know that it's one that would matter a lot to our audience. I think that, you know, there are probably some people who are commuting, listening to this on the way to their unpaid placement where they're going five days a week in some cases. And so why are we talking about unpaid placements today? So the federal government asked the university's accords panel, which is basically just a body aimed at improving the quality of higher education in Australia, to provide some advice on ways to improve the tertiary sector. 
Now, the panel is made up of six higher education professionals and throughout this long process, the panel spoke to students, it spoke to education providers, some organisations, and then it combed through hundreds of public submissions. In the end, last week, the panel handed down its final report and it contained a whopping 47 recommendations for the government on how to create change in Australia's higher education system, specifically so that it can meet future skills needs. And I imagine that across 47 recommendations, there was a huge variety of topics Mm. covered. We obviously can't cover 47 things in this podcast. What are we going to talk about? You're right, we can't. And I took the direction from our newsroom. So as soon as this story was pitched, everyone was really gravitating towards one of the recommendations. Mm. And it was recommendation 14. And that's about placements that students are required to do at university. I do think that there's an element of this that sparked so much interest in our newsroom because so many of our journos had had to do those placements. It feels like a really common experience, not just in the newsroom, but with all our friends. And It is. So just to lay out the context, if you are perhaps a bit out of that age demographic. So students across a range of degrees, things like teaching and nursing, have to complete practical placements and professional training. Placements are typically unpaid and they can last anywhere from several weeks to several months. And to give you a sense of what this can look like, students enrolled in nursing degrees must complete 800 hours in a clinic or a hospital. Midwives need 1,600 hours. Then in some cases, students have to live or work remotely as part of their course. I know many people who are studying medicine who have had to move rurally, but then also can't afford this relocation because they're not getting paid for the work that they're doing. And so the issue that's arisen is that many students are doing these sometimes full-time placements and they therefore don't have any time to actually earn money Mm. because they're busy working unpaid full-time. Here's a TDA listener sharing her experience as a physio student. So I'm in my last year of studies. I am studying physiotherapy. And as a requirement to graduate, we must attend placements from 8 to 4 and sometimes 5 p.m., depending on your placement. And during that time, we do not get paid a single cent of money. We do not get any accommodation allowances, any travel fees, any food expenses, nothing like that. And for domestic students, we must attend rural, even though we are not preferencing if we want to go rural or not. And if you do get placed in rural placements, we get a little bit of money, but not enough that we can live on during our five weeks there. So a lot of us would have to seize our job, our casual, our part-time jobs to accommodate our time for this. And a lot of my friends had been saving up just so that they have enough money to attend placements. And when they graduate, they will be ending up with no money because they have been using their savings throughout their time on placements, which is one big concern that we are having at the moment. Okay, so that's the state of play when we're talking about unpaid placements. I think something else that often comes up anecdotally for me is, yeah, they could get a job at night, but 
you're so exhausted by the time you finish. I mean, there are very few people who can say that they are okay to work five days a week unpaid, then do their extra university work and then work at night. Like that is an unbelievable burden for people to bear. And so what did the report say about that burden? So I'll read out the recommendation word for word now. It said that to reduce the financial hardship and placement poverty caused by mandatory unpaid placements, the Australian government should work with tertiary education providers, state and territory governments, industry, business and unions to introduce financial support for unpaid work placements. This should include funding by governments for the nursing, care and teaching professions and funding by employers generally, either public or private, for other fields. The report went on to speak of this concept of placement poverty and it said that the financial burden of compulsory placements meant that many students were having poor early experiences Mm. in the workplace. I mean, if your first touch point with an industry is that you're working like a dog and not getting paid for it, no wonder you have these negative perceptions. And the report was pretty clear. It labelled financial support as essential for ensuring that enough students can meet their placement requirements without falling into poverty. Okay, so there's a really clear bit of guidance there for the government to Mm -hmm. look at, either financially supporting students who have to do these placements or you risk pushing these students into a state of financial stress. Mm. Has the government responded to that recommendation? They have. So we heard from Federal Education Minister Jason Clare last week. He said that paying students for placement sounded like a good idea. He also said that governments must, quote, work together on the issue, which he said can be the difference between whether students finish their degree or not. He said that the nature of work placements in Australia had forced students to choose between dropping out or sleeping in a car. So, I mean, pretty clear there that he's agreeing with the position taken in that report. When we get to the opposition, they say that the government is taking too long to come up with a plan. So Shadow Education Minister Sarah Henderson said that Jason Clare had been sitting on the report for two months so that the government had been handed this report and had only made it public two months later. That was the claim there. She also criticised the government for delivering no plans or priorities for Australian universities. So it was a huge report and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take your word for it that you read it all and (laughs) looked at all the 47 recommendations. Mm. Were there any other parts of the report that jumped out at you as, as particularly interesting? I thought that it was interesting that the report called for better access to higher education for those students who actually didn't complete high school. I think that this is a conversation that perhaps gets lost at times. So here we're talking about prep courses that basically teach students skills that are required for that undergraduate study. So they can last a few weeks or a whole year and unis run them for those people, as I said, who don't finish high school or whose year 12 marks don't qualify them for their preferred course. Now, in 2022, about 25,000 students took prep courses and 88% of places were supported by government funding. So on this topic specifically, the report recommended more fee-free places in prep courses as a way of reducing education barriers for those students who come from disadvantaged backgrounds. So specifically, the report spoke about proposed legislation to protect the number of government-supported spots in prep courses and to ensure long-term access to higher education for all Aussies. As I said, though, there were a number of recommendations. And so if you are interested in learning more about the reform in this space, I will throw a link to the full report in today's show notes and you can have a read in your own time. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Daily Oz. I'd love to know what you think about this issue and any experiences you had with unpaid placements. Maybe you're in one right now, as Sarah, you said, right at the top. You can leave those comments if you're listening in Spotify or you can hit us up on Instagram. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a good start to the week. My name is Lily Madden and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present.